Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Ruler Hour. Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic Phoenix, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we'll be joined by a special guest, Ms. Mikau. Uh, at hoodoofoundry.com in Willis, California, bringing us today's topic of confusion magic. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo conjure or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who've signed up at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cat? Hi, Clifford. Well, in our little pre-show, um, I guess, virtual green room, I heard that you're heading out to the city this evening. What you up to? Oh, there's a big convocation of the vampires of New York City. Not really vampires. <laughs> and a lot of my friends are performing, and I wanted to go and see them. That's all. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Gosh. It's a very If they tried though. to assemble the vampires of Forestville, they'd probably have enough people to fit inside an old Toyota. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, but I bet the vampires of New York are pretty nice. Wow. Cool. Well, have fun. All right. <laughs> Well, things here in Forestville are chaotic. Um, as those who listen to the show regularly may have noticed, most every Saturday or Sunday lately, my daughter Althea has been coming up with friends and family members to help us dig out from under the uh, effects of the pandemic, which have included uh, gardening projects. <coughs> Um, sorry, now I'm coughing because I've been in the English ivy, and that stuff is allergenic as hell. Um, so we've been pulling ivy, which kind of ran rampant, and it covered up all of the beautiful oxalis, and I'm uncovering the oxalis and the violets and killing ivy one stalk at a time because I don't use poisons. Um, so that's what I've been doing this afternoon, but... Day, we were visited by some wonderful people who came to photograph our shop for a book called 101 Places to See in Sonoma County. And it's part of a large project, excuse me, not 101, 111 Places to See. And it's part of a large project called the 111 Project. And they have taken photos of cool and interesting places all over the world. You know, 111 places to see in Paris, 111 places to see in London, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, you name it. And they have different stringers who write for them and photographers. And we got visited by a husband-wife partnership 
the Petersons. She, however, is from former Yugoslavia. Her name is Floriana. And, uh, and he is a Danish Peterson from Solvang and uh, Central California. So it was quite fun. We had a lot of fun. They photographed our shop. Boy, we had spent the whole week cleaning the shop so they could photograph it. And we particularly cleaned the candle section because it's so impressive. And he didn't photograph it. <laughs> he photographed oh. the oils. He photographed the crystal balls. He photographed, well, everything was clean. But we now have this beautiful, beautifully clean wall of candles. So I photographed them after he left. <laughs> and I'll be running them through Facebook and Instagram over the next a little while. Anyway, that's what um, my life has been like. Um, what's up with you, Contraman? Oh, I've been uh, quite busy. I'm in the in the middle of uh, reorganizing my books. Uh, if anyone has uh, oh dear. been following the yeah, has anyone been following along the radio show for several several years? You know that every once in a while, maybe about once or twice a year, I reorganize my books because what I tend to do is I pull my books off of the shelf and then they sort of pile up next to my bed because I read like multiple books at the same time where I'm researching. And so they, there's like books that are half open books that are laid out. And at some point they get, so there's so much of them and I'm like, all right, I need to reorganize them and things go back onto the shelf. But the problem is that as I put them back onto the shelf, I'm like, Oh my, actually I'm still reading this or I still need this. So they, there's always a game of like negotiation that happens about what actually ends up back onto the shelf and what remains next to my bed. So that's what I've been doing in between doing uh, reading. So uh, clients uh, have been hearing a little bit about this, about my, my reorganizing. And it is interesting that a lot of the themes that I'm getting from clients is also about them reorganizing, but less about their books and more reorganizing their life. Um, lots mm-hmm. of people who are kind of reassessing what they want out of life, how to get it, um, and sort of set, even even a little bit of second guessing. Like, was this the right job for me? I've been a computer tech, I've been a computer information tech person for 16 years. Was this the right path, or should I have been a musician? So there's some, it's just, there's something in the air where people are really reassessing, reorganizing, rethinking, um, and that's been quite interesting. And then for me, it's manifested as just organizing my books. No second guessing of my <laughs> life, but certainly organizing of my books is the theme of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had organizing books planned actually for this weekend, but. Oh, um, really? They, yeah, but they showed up late, and it ended up pulling Ivy instead. <laughs> so, whatever. It is what it is. Um, well, you know, today we are talking about confusion. And, and actually, mm. I've been doing a lot of readings for people also who are what I would call confused people. They are confused about what they want to do in life and they are confused about what path they're going to take. And so much of this is economic confusion, like you mentioned. But today we're going to talk about inflicting confusion, not about how to cure your own natural confusion. We might talk about that some other time, but that's called clarity. What we're talking about today is going to be inflicting confusion on others. And our guest Mm. today is the lovely and generous and kind Miss Michael. So welcome to the show, Miss Michael. Welcome. Uh-oh. Oh. We are greeted with silence. Oh, dear. She might good. be muted. 
Is Miss Michael muted? Is Miss Michael confused? Is Miss Michael mm, somewhere lost? Hello. And there oh, she there is. Go. There go. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me switch my speaker. Come on. So, so there tell us go. how things are in your world, Miss Michael. Well, as usual, I've been looking after my health um, and uh, making some progress. Uh, I got my sleep the way it should be. Melatonin is wonderful. That's all anyone needs to know about that. (laughs) So So everything else is likewise falling into line. I'm working on my book. Oh, good. Which is, I've been working nice and steady and uh, have... Is it time to start blabbing the title around? Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, it's, No, no, we keep all of that under wraps. And I'll tell you why, huh? Okay. There are people who, if you announce the title of a book or the topic of a book before you're, like, just about at press, they'll rush in uh-huh. and try to scoop you with a cheaper, shorter, stupider oh. book that they will publish yeah. on mm-hmm. Amazon CreateSpace. So we don't do that. All right, all right. Well, let's (laughs) just say that I've been looking on the forum at all my wonderful colleagues and fellow magic workers' spells and thinking, well, how can I do this, do the same spell with maybe even the same ingredients but a completely different format suitable to my book? Cool. All right. I understand what you're talking about. Okay. So (laughs) complete repackaging. Um, well, we're hoping that this that this mystery book will be out in time for the next Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and I'm, that I'm will be. I'm I'm determinedly optimistic. Good, that'll be June. 10th you gave me a schedule, hope, and I've been I've happening. been finding it. Yeah, okay. we can, You gave me a schedule, and I've been finding it pretty easy to keep to it most of the time. Okay, um, great. And uh, what else have I been doing? Um, just generally living my life holed up in my little house and um keeping up with my with my uh younger kid who is going through health problems of her own and hmm. finally getting help and so hmm. we're both kind of on the upswing oh that's good that's good yeah yeah. Well, today the the topic is confusion, and as always, I'm going to introduce it a little bit uh, before we get into the round robin aspect here. One of the things that I do at my shop, oh, I make a product called Confusion Oil, and I also make a product called Inflammatory Confusion Oil. And people ask me quite often, what's the difference difference between these two? And mm. the difference between them is pretty obvious if you think about it. Hold on a second. I've got this stupid thing trying to tell me something. There, I stopped it. Jesus. You know, I love the fact that the, um, the phone announces things to you. But um, voicemail is not something I want. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm going to I'm going to talk about the difference between confusion and inflammatory confusion because it did come up in the Lucky Mojo forum. So I'm going to put this through in the chat just to get us started thinking about it. So um, the difference um, between them is more easily understood if you 
think about the difference between protection oil and fiery wall of protection oil. The former is a gentle stone wall barrier guarded by an angel. And the latter is flaming razor wire and landmines. And most people do know the difference between those two forms of protection. So the same goes for confusion oil versus inflammatory confusion oil. The former is befuddled Uncle Billy, portrayed by Thomas Mitchell in the 1946 film It's a Wonderful Life. You remember when he loses the money. The yeah. latter is confusion carried to the level of someone's head exploding in fiery rage and frustration. So yeah. if your aim is to get someone to lose the paperwork, misremember the appointment date, or drift away in a fog of forgetfulness, then you try confusion oil. But if you want to see fireworks or hear foul language or subject someone to public humiliation, that's when you use inflammatory confusion oil. So there's your difference. Mm. And um, I just thought that was important to, mm, you know, explain to people. Now, we also, besides inflicting confusion on enemies, there's also inflicting confusion on a general situation. We're going to talk about what those situations might be. Why might you want to do confusion spells? So with that having been said, I'm going to turn this over to Michael. Yeah. Well, why would a nice person like me uh, want to do anything with inflammatory confusion or even just plain, nice, poor, bewildered Uncle Billy type confusion? Well, there are officials and employers whom you want to lose the plot. Cruel relatives, you want them spiraling in circles until they're dizzy. All kinds of conspirators, whether it's institutionalized racism that people don't even know they're participating in, although that, that's kind of anti-confusion work, or informal collaborations of, oh, let's not tell her about her rights, that kind of thing. There's all kinds of righteous things you can do with confusion. You can also keep evil spirits or spirits of the dead from following you um, so that they lose track of you. And you that's can a, use confusion. That's very, that's, yeah. Let's this, this, this sidetrack there for a minute. Because yeah. one of the yeah. things that um, Nagashiva did when he set up our radio show, and if you're not watching this at uh, Blog Talk Radio, you don't see the slideshow. But uh, trust me, there is a slideshow that goes along with every one of our podcasts. And um, Shiva this time put up some pictures that have to do with confusing witches, by witches meant uh-huh. evil-intentioned, working, bad neighbors, witches, you mm-hmm. know. And one of the oldest ways to confuse them is to make them count things. It's assumed in most European and African and um, other folklores that witches are obsessive about counting and cannot proceed until they've counted everything that's in their way. And so one of the uses for confusion uh, spells that is just old down-home type work is to put underneath your bed a colander 
a flour sifter or what's called a riddle or dirt sifter, potato sifter, anything like that, that has many, many, has screen on it or many, many fine holes punched in it. And put that under your bed and the witches will become so confused because they have to count everything that they will never get to you and harm your dreams or sleep. And there's a a converse side to that. Rather than creating holes for them to count, you can also throw out tiny seeds. And mm-hmm. these can be poppy seeds or um, little peppercorn seeds, or they can be any one of a number of small mustard, black mustard seeds is another. And those are thrown out under the bed for the witches to count before they can come to into your bed and give you bad dreams. I think there's, uh, that reminds me of one of my favorite fairy tales from childhood. It's in Grimm's Fairy Tales, and I've forgotten the name of it. But um, there is a story where, uh, it's a Cinderella-type story, a little overworked stepchild daughter is uh, trying to get to the ball, and her mother says, nope, you've got to sort this bushel of seeds before oh, you yeah. can go. And she, and she, says, and she, she assigns the task just as it's time to get ready. So she prays and, and thousands, you know, a multitude of birds come to her and she says, uh, you sort these seeds and you eat the bad ones and put the good ones in the basket. And they do in next to no time. And uh, <laughs> this is repeated three times, three different balls and three different chores of different seeds to sort. And the birds do it every time. So you could use that you could adapt that to um, piling on distractions for humans that you want to confuse. You could set that up your confusion cool. spell on your altar and just put a colander over it. Mm. That's that's very very cool. I love that idea. Um, yeah. So let's let's bring a, a contraband in here. What are some um, confusion spells you like to do, which with for what I would call protective confusion. Ooh. Yeah, so there's a, uh, I use a variety of different techniques for confusion and inflammatory confusion. Uh, I use confusion quite a bit as a supplement to larger works and sometimes separate on its own. So, for example, if I'm doing breakup work, I might do confusion. If I really want to heat up the breakup work, then I might do inflammatory confusion. I add a little bit on. So it can act as a supplement. It can act as something that supports the work that I'm doing, or I can use it separately. And when I use it separately, it generally does have a sort of protective edge around it. One of the techniques that, that I use uh, involves uh, grinding up poppy seeds and bay leaves together. You grind them up until you've got a nice mixture and you burn that as incense outside of your house. And what that does is it creates a really powerful protective barrier that confuses any enemy attack. It sort of is a mixture of invisibility and confusion. Bay leaf has a way of concealing whatever you're doing, uh, while um, poppy seeds has a way of confusing and scattering. So I burn... 
bind them together, I grind them up, and I burn them. You don't have to grind them up. You can just sort of mix it if you'd like uh, and burn it into as incense outdoors, and it will create a really fantastic invisibility confusion barrier around the property. Um, I've done that whenever uh, or I've recommended it to clients when they face uh, some type of an attack. Someone is burning candles particularly against them. So if someone is doing long-distance work, like some type of candle burning against you and you want to confuse their magic, you want to confuse the work that's being sent against you and you want to get them to sort of misdirect their anger or misdirect their magic or get kind of confused about what they're doing, uh, this is fantastic. You burn this as an incense. You just sort of walk in a circle around your property, burning the mixture of bay leaf and poppy seeds, and it will create this really great barrier. And I've had reports in which people will say things like, I found out that that person uh, would forget to light their candles against me. Or we found out that uh, they lit the candles, but it became, you know, they accidentally blew it out. So like they get confused in the working that they're trying to do you uh, or they end up getting your wrong address like they're trying to send you something but it went to my neighbor's house it didn't go to my house so it works really well to confuse an enemy that is attacking you from afar that's a really good idea and i'm going to throw in one of my uh favorite spells which i've mentioned before on the show but it bears repeating here this is if somebody is trying to attack your home you go to the four corners of your property and you pick a leaf from whatever is growing at the four corners of your property, and you hold them in your hands. You have to kind of mark them to know which is the, you know, the east, the south, the west, the north. And you walk around your property, and you you say, "This is from my property." And then you go out into a state park or the wilderness, and you. Uh, find a territory that is oriented the same way and about the same size, and you walk around it and you exchange leaves. So you put down the leaf from your property and you take a leaf and you say, this is my property, and you take this other leaf (laughs) away and you go back to your home after you've laid down the four leaves, and you can put a little rock or pebble on them to hold them down, and you come back with the four leaves from the woods where nobody dwells, and you go around your property, and you say, this is a leaf from the east corner of the property in the woods where nobody dwells, and you go all around your property. You've, it's like you've cut out your property and put it in the state park. Their property of the state park is now where you are, and when someone tries to send that, um, you know, metaphorical thunderbolt um, to you, it will actually go astray and just strike somewhere in the woods. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. yeah I love also, just to note, um, for those who will try to use that spell, it lasts for about a year because when the leaf decays, of course, the spell is broken. So it's a temporary spell, but I love temporary spells that make use of uh, nature. That kind of reminds me of uh, an egg spell that I do to uh, transfer uh, any kind of jinx that somebody's put on you. You name an egg for yourself, and you cover it with a paste of uh, black mustard seed and red pepper and nasty stuff, and... Before you make the paste, you name it for yourself and you say, this is me and it's going to do all my suffering from now on. And its its job is to, ta- to experience all my bad luck. And then you make the paste 
and, and you put it in a, and you take it somewhere and you smush it and leave it to rot and be eaten by animals. So any thunderbolt, any anybody who's keeping track of you will see that egg and all its suffering and go, great, my work is done. Or if they try wow. to, yeah, or if they try to uh, reinforce their work, it finds the decoy. That's nice. It's, yeah, using it as a decoy. Both of those are forms of confusion caused by decoying. So we have confusion mm. caused by obsessive counting and confusion caused by in, invisibility and decoying. And mm-hmm. then there's what I would call direct confusion, where you actually enter the mind of the person who is yeah. an enemy and cause confusion on them. So, uh, Contraman, do you uh, have a, an idea of what what you would do to cause confusion? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one just off the top of my head, and I've done this before. I, I'm a great one for using uh, X-Acto blades back in the day before Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So this is one that I did just, you know, off the top of my head. It did not come out of any tradition. It was just, you know, like here I am with an X-Acto blade. I had a photo with somebody. I very carefully cut around their face and head mm. and their hair, just out, just cut around it very nicely, and then turned it upside down on their neck. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then, uh, being in a, in a sort of a bad mood, I used red ink and just drew spouting spurts of red ink coming out of their neck, which was now the top of their head. And then I set the fo- photo on fire, which, by the way, I had used... Um, what in those days we had cellophane tape before they had magic tape, and the cellophane tape flamed up like a bitch. I'm just telling you, it was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, an old spell from my own past. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, I call, that's I call elegant this, uh, and frightening. I, yeah, I, have a, I have a slightly different name. I have a slightly different name for this type of working. I call it uh, confusion by distortion. In which you're trying to distort their vision or you're trying to distort their mind directly rather than misdirect them or, or, or confusion by counting. So there's a couple of ways you can do it. One of, my, my, you know, one of the ways that I do it is by dream walking. This is an old-timey way in which you spirit walk, ghost walk, dream walk, whatever you want to call it. It's called a variety of things in the tradition. You spirit walk to the individual while they're sleeping. And when you go to the spirit walk, before you do it, you actually hold in your hand hand a blindfold so that once you spirit walk you take the blindfold with you and then when you arrive to them sleeping you wrap the blindfold around their slumbering spirit so that when they're awake they remain blind to all the things that you do so you want to and you can soak this blindfold if you want you can soak it in confusion oil or smoke it in confusion incense hold it in your hand ghost walk, spirit walk, dream walk to this person, wrap it around their eyes so that they're unable to do it. You must be careful not to walk everyone. Some people are protected and have uh, guardian spirits and whatnot. So you, there's, some, there's skill involved. Not everyone is skilled at dream walking, a more challenging skill. And not everyone can be influenced by dream walking. They have guardians and protectors. Like if you were to try to enter into my house spirit walking, you're going to meet some really nasty gin. <laughs> and they don't <laughs> go around. So you want to be mindful of that. There is an alternative way of doing this if you don't want to spirit walk. 
I really enjoy using uh, freezing work to freeze a person in a place of confusion. So I know, Miss Cat, you hate water bottles, but they're actually quite useful in this instance. What you want to do is you want to take a bottle of water, an empty water that you have not drunk from, so you don't want any of your, uh, you know, your lips to have touched this bottle. You're going to fill the water up with, uh, you're going to fill the bottle up with water. Add in some alum and poppy seeds and shake it up so that all of them are sort of floating in and the water gets a little bit murky. Then you take, then you close this water bottle. You're going to take a photo of this person, place it on the water bottle facing inward so that through the distorted water that is filled with poppy and alum, trying to look out. So both of the plastic of the bottle, the water, the poppy seeds, and alums will actually distort their vision. Use black string to affix this picture to the water bottle, wrap it up in aluminum foil, place it in the freezer, and so they will be frozen with a distorted vision. Every time they try to look out, every time they, they try to perceive things clearly, their vision will be distorted. So to play on mirrors and distortion and water. That's a nice one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially like the part about freezing it. Um, mm-hmm. because um, frozen alum water is real interesting stuff. If you put too much alum in it, it won't freeze well because alum is a salt, no. essentially. But you want to put just enough alum in it to like, get it really very basic and unpleasant to the taste. Yep. And uh, and um, I love to put poppy seeds in alum. I also put, um, if you want to make it inflammatory, you would put in red pepper powder. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to make it full of shame and sadness, you could put in some black mustard seeds. You could essentially recreate war water with alum um, by by doing that. Mm-hmm. You could take mm-hmm. if you bought a bottle of war water, for instance, you can um, uh, fish the nail out and um, put all the extra stuff, the alum and extra stuff in it, and pierce the photo with the nail, you know, in and out like a little stabby thing, and then. Um, put the paper on the outside of the, you know, with the nail stabbed through it. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do this. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. but alum is great when you freeze it. It really stops them because it puckers them up and then they're just frozen. Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> got, you got another one, uh, Miss Michael? Um. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of deer in the headlights right now. But okay. uh, yeah, uh, I like the idea of freezing a bottle of war water because then it won't explode and stink up the house. But it well, let me just let me just put a little note in here. When I freeze a bottle like that, I don't freeze it closed. I I'm smart enough yeah. to take a little bit of it out mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, yeah. and then take the cap off and let it come up the neck. Um, and if it does come out the neck, you just slice it off, and then you do your, you know, close it with the cap. Uh, everybody should remember that water does expand upon freezing. Um, very important piece of, of basic physics that most of us were taught in the fourth grade, right. but some never learned. <laughs> yes, no. Please know the nature of. Please know the nature of glass. Yeah, right. this, this plastic. Yeah. This I, I have another yeah. one that's really quick. It's really good here. I said, we've uh, stunned poor Miss Michael with our 
<laughs> our trickiness here. Uh, but uh, I think I'm a big fan of inflammatory confusion in particular. If I want people to be confused sometimes, that I want to add an element of anger. Um, I've mentioned this spell before generally as a breakup and fussing spell, but it also works really well as an inflammatory confusion spell. And what you do take slice open a red pepper, stuff it with the name paper of an individual and poppy seeds, and then roast it in a pan. You roast this in the pan, and what this will do is it will cause inflammatory. Want to get a group of people to be confused and lash out at each other? You just make you slice open the red pepper, uh, multiple red peppers, and stuff each one with a name paper for each one of individuals and with poppy seeds, and you roast them. As they heat up, they will fight and fuss and be confused. What's great about these types of inflammatory confusion works is that they generally don't know why they're fighting. I'm not sure why they're angry at each other or why right. they're fighting. So it's, this is it, they fight and they lash out and they're like, I don't know why I'm pissed with this person. I don't know what started it, but I'm pissed with it, which is one of the really interesting components of inflammatory confusion is that, it, yes, it causes people to fight and fuss and argue, but generally there's this really strong component of confusion. They don't know why they're fighting. They don't know why they're arguing. They don't know why they're at each other's throats. This works well if you're doing some type of breakup work, some type of divorce work, but also if you want to separate groups of friends or coworkers who are uh, conspiring against you, you can redirect their from you and make them conspire against each other by using this working. Yeah, this is a, a the idea of um, inflammatory confusion and roasting uh, or pan frying is really good, and there's a lot of different variations on this sort of thing. Um, you can um, you can take chili peppers, and I don't mean fresh; I mean dried chili peppers. They come in different mm-hmm. sizes, and if you um, get the larger uh, dried chilies, it depends on what's available locally where you are. But you want the really nice big ones, and you can just take a exacto blade. You see, there's always these exacto blades. I may be known as the queen of exacto blade magic at some point. And you just slice a little slit in that mm-hmm. uh, uh, pepper, and then you can fill it with more stuff like poppy seeds, things yeah. that are small. It'll go in, poppy seeds, black mustard seeds. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a chili that um, can uh, manipulate, and one of the things that I have done with them is put the name of the person wrapped around it. I like to write people's names on very small pieces of paper in tiny, tiny, minuscule writing. If the chili pepper is big enough, you can actually put that little paper inside if you roll it really, really thin. And now you have a chili pepper, which you can bury under their doorstep or, um, you know, whatever you want to do with it. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, but it's got all of the confusion elements inside of it. You can also take a chili pepper that's um, fresh and do it that way. You can also um, put into it, besides poppy seeds, you could put things like inflammatory confusion powder. But that's kind of gilding mm-hmm. the lily, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, what, what's great you know about it, if I you mean. go to a grocery store, you can actually find these big chilies in this catalog. You can just go to the, what they call the ethnic food aisle, Mexican food aisle, and you'll find them there. They're almost always with what they call, quote-unquote, Mexican spices. You'll see, like, sort of uh, Mexican bay leaves. You'll see cinnamon, but you also see these nice, right. gorgeous dried peppers that you can cut open and do that. I prefer not to do, like, you can absolutely put inflammatory confusion powder, but I don't always do it. I generally try to stick 
uh, with things that are edible, specifically because one way that you can affect a person is then to use this uh, against it. So, for example, yes. if you take this red chili pepper with poppy seeds and you've heated it up and you've roasted it over several days, you can then soak it in some dressing. You can soak it in some salad dressing, like Four Thieves vinegar, just a little bit, and then use that as a salad dressing in the office. You bring it in, you put it on a, on, on a salad that is part of a potluck that you've done, and now they've ingested the very thing that you've been working against them on. So it's one way of doing contact magic while or connecting them via contact magic to your inflammatory confusion work. So the more edible you make this, the more you can get people to eat that thing, whether you put it in vinegar or in dressing or you put it in whatever. Mm -hmm. But if they're not going to do it, then adding that inflammatory confusion powder is fantastic because it's got everything that you already are looking for. You don't need to add extra poppy seeds. You don't need to just stuff that thing with inflammatory confusion powder. That that would be for a burial, and you are absolutely right, yes. Andrew, man. If it's going to be eaten, you want to keep everything on the edible side. And um, like as I said, you can do poppy seeds and black mustard seeds and a few other little um, things of that nature. That it is a, um, a another way to go as far as confusion. And I know this is problematic to some people, but there are known confusion-causing drugs. And this is not for edible, of course. Um, there are there are drugs that, con- that come with warnings such as do not drive heavy equipment while using this drug. So these might be over-the-counter drugs or they might be prescription drugs. And I'm not going to name them all here, but I'm sure you all are familiar with some of them that might have to do with um, travel sickness. Some of them have to do with coughing and so forth. These these drugs can be used to produce confusion. Just grind them up, the powders, or pour in the liquid and into some um, chili powder and some other things and make a kind of a goo with it and add that to your um, frozen water, for instance, or you can um, use it to, you know, uh, add a little bit of it to some oil, um, like infusion oil or something like that. But the idea here is that you might be driving these people to make a mistake operating heavy equipment or driving while under the influence of their own confusion, getting lost, for instance. It's just another way to work. Not too many people like to talk about using legal and illegal drugs in magic. But, of course, we all have to understand these have been used all the time. So smoking mm-hmm. a, um, a doll in um, cannabis smoke will make it confused, especially if you add myrrh to it. Um, dipping a doll's head in uh, NyQuil is known to mm-hmm. send, it, send it into another realm. <laughs> so these are these are some of the things that, like I said, they're not mm. often spoken of because they get, in some cases, they get, in, and I said NyQuil because, you know, but I could have said something else, right? I could have said um, heroin, right? But where are you going to get mm. that heroin? You're not going to have heroin. Of course not. So we're not going to talk about heroin. But you, you know what I'm saying. Any of those over-the-counter things that say, you know, this may cause dizziness or drowsiness, Benadryl, for instance, um, Good choice for confusion. Soften them up, make them make them confused, and then hit them with what you want to have happen. 
I thought of another spell involving uh, prescription drugs or even vitamin supplements. Um, But this was, I'm thinking more in terms of uh, picking the drugs themselves. Uh, Get a a smear of confusion oil, not inflammatory confusion, especially if they're living with you. Mm -hmm. Confusion oil on on your finger and just wipe it around the inside of a pill bottle that Mm. is in use. And close mm. it up. That's all. Mm. Wow. Of course, so you that's can do that cost... with clarity oil, too. <laughs> well, but now that's a dangerous thing because they might not know how many pills they took or something of that nature. Mm. Um, and the that's, that's okay. Then. I'm not saying that's bad. But just think if they are taking, you know, something like, oh, I don't know, furanol or something like that, they might overtake their drug. And that's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to do. Um, pretty mean, uh, you know. Um. Well, some families earn their estrangement. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one, one I of my, um, if you want, If you want to confuse someone in which they want it, you want them to actually make mistakes. Like you, they're constantly making mistakes. They're fumbling things. A really easy method and one that is a little gentler um, but also is an aimed at getting someone to be away from you so that their mistakes have no effect on you. They sort of fumble in their own little world. It's what you do is you take a photo, take a photo of theirs, and take a separate piece of paper. Then write their name in big, bold letters on this separate piece of paper. By light of a black candle that you've dressed with confusion oil, you're then going to take scissors that you've also anointed with confusion oil, and you're going to cut out each letter of their name. Then, using glue, you're going to rearrange their name in a jumbled fashion and glue it to the back of their photo. So you're going to put their name rearranged so that they can't even spell their name properly. You'll then take the photo and place it under a heavy rock far, far away from your property. And what this will do is it will bring confusion upon them. It will grind them to a halt. They'll be unable to even spell their name. They will be confused and make mistakes in all that they do. Wow, that's really good, too. That'll send them away from home, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yep, that's yep, another and keep element them away. of the old confusion spells in Hyatt. Um, when they talk about confusing someone, they'll say it'll make them restless and wander away from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mixing confusion with hot foot is an interesting thing. We haven't yeah. talked about that yet. Hot foot is to make people wander, and confusion is to make them confused in mind. And when you mix um, hot-footed confusion, people will uh, wander away. Really good yep. good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Cliff Lowe in the um, chat says, uh, spell work to force people to forget things is useful, but I associate these more with domination work. Well, I get your point, uh, Clifford, but on the other hand, um, to get someone to forget their own how to spell their own name or to forget their address, their home address, is really more than domination. It also goes toward creating mental stress and or and this again this is a topic that a lot of people don't like to talk about 
bringing on early onset dementia. So bringing on early onset dementia is a curse, and it um, will work in proportion to the amount of genetic predisposition and environmental stressors that the person has. It when you're trying to do very heavy medical cursing, with you know to bring on a medical condition, you usually want to start with someone who's already weak in that area. It's easy to give a person who has had migraines before a splitting migraine on the day you want them to fall flat on their face, right? Because they're already inclined toward migraines. So if a person comes from a family with dementia and um and has some of the added um, you know, causal um, problems that lead to dementia. Um, it's not that difficult to pray them down or curse them down or dream them down or whatever you want to do. However, mm. it, that at that point we're talking about serious curse work and not just like having the policeman who gave you the ticket forget where he put his paperwork, right? Mm-hmm. And but it can be done. It has been done, and it is a, a very very strong curse. Um, speaking as one who has performed such a curse, and it was justified. It does bring satisfaction when mm-hmm. uh, when it happens. I'm, I'm not trying to say that everyone should curse everyone else indiscriminately, but if you feel that such a curse of dementia is justified and always ask God, you know, please, if I've asked too much, if I've asked the wrong thing, uh, please don't let this happen. And if it would harm others unbearably, don't let it happen. But there are times when it is actually the right curse. And mm. um, I could speak, for instance, of of Donald John Trump, whom I happen to... <laughs> Um, whom I happen to hate, and I pray for his confusion constantly. I have burned candles for his confusion, and I have mm-hmm. spells to confuse, particularly his speech. And I'm yep. not the only yep. one, but the idea is to cause these things to happen um, and then let them be seen, let them become mm-hmm obvious and evident. So that also includes justice work to support those who are revealing it, clarity work for the people who are viewing it, and so forth. I mean, it's a very complicated um, a type of spell work. It's not something that, you know, most people would do at home. But it is possible. It is possible to bring on evidences of um, speech disorders and um, word salad Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also we should note here too that uh, Clifford, Clifford is bringing up an important part where the nuances between domination and confusion, because there is overlap there, overlap between the types of work. But the difference between confusion work and domination work is that domination work is fundamentally about your power and exertion. So there's a lot of look at the herbs that are used there, licorice, calamus, on the conqueror. It's about domination, it's about strength, it's about increasing your authority that is then reflected. That authority can be uh, overt, that is that you have some type of position, literal position, or it can be subtle over person. Whereas confusion work is about engendering a condition in another person. Regardless of you, they don't. They may not necessarily be confused towards you. 
It may not be confused in relation confusion completely in a different matter. So the relational component and the power component is what differentiates domination work and confusion, though there is some slight overlap to these two workings, which is why, for example, the issue of uh, scattering a person's name, fumbling it, and putting it under a hard rock is about creating a condition within that person, irregardless of their relationship to you or whatever connection that they have with you. Working the head and the feet, as Ms. Kat mentioned, is a very old-timey way of working. It's an old curse. It's called working the head and the feet. It's to hop with someone and to create confusion. Confusion works really well to weaken somebody, and this is where I think we can get into a little bit of uh, overlap with domination. If you're doing work on somebody and they're not responding, let's say you've laid out hot foot powders and they're just not going, it's not burning their feet hot enough, you can add confusion to scatter their willpower and mind, and that can help bring about results faster. So it's one way, and again, this is called working the head and the feet, is that before you lay out the hot foot powders, you burn confusion candles on them. You burn confusion candles for nine days on a person's photo. Then you take the photo and you burn it to ash and you mix with the hot foot powder and the dirt, and then you lay out the hot foot powder. Now you've created a sort of uh, a head that is light, that is susceptible, that is weak, and then play out the hot foot powders and that drives away. So confusion has really, it, it complements other cursing, crossing conditions. It has a way of really softening a person to some degree, allowing them to be susceptible to whatever work you're doing, whether you're cross-footing them, uh, hot-footing them, crossing them, or you are going to dominate them. If you're going to do a domination magic, first adding an element of confusion to weaken the mind there. So working the head and the feet is a strategy that you can take and confusion well with these other types of workings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really, really good. There's an account of a spell like that called Hotfoot Hannibal in a it's a short story of the same name by Charles W. Chestnut. And um the the root worker in that story it was written in the 19th century. Uh, Charles Chestnut was a um, a mixed race person, identified as black, but you know also was able to uh, sell his short stories <laughs> to white magazines. Very interesting character, actually himself. But in the story, uh, there uh, is used elderberry. Uh, stalk, which is which has pith inside, and the idea is that their head is made of this elderberry pith, so their head is hollow, and uh, their feet are made of red peppers. And um, it's a very interesting little spell, and you can find it in the story Hotfoot Hannibal. And so the the idea is that this person would have an empty head and a wandering feet. Empty head and wandering feet. That is fantastic. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. Empty head, and, mm-hmm. and you can do that with uh, doll baby work. I love uh, poppy seeds in the in the head for, for, you know, that type of working of empty head 
Fantastic, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can also work with uh, candles in this regard. We've talked about freezing. We've talked about scattering. We've talked about all sorts of things. But confusion candles are also really, really good. If you want to really confuse someone, a very simple working is a black candle that you dress with confusion oil. But you want to dress that confusion oil with a good amount of oil so that you can then roll it in poppy seed. And this is called double dressing. You can also use uh, uh, confusion powder if you don't want to work with poppy seeds directly. You would blow the powder directly onto the candle, uh, but you can lay the poppy seeds out on some wax paper. You roll the candle, and it'll pick some. It won't pick up all. Some will fall off, and so and that's perfectly fine. The messiness of it is part of the spell itself. But you want to oil it nice and then roll it. Some people use softened wax that they put the uh, poppy seeds in, and then they roll the wax, and that's one way to double dress. But I really like compressing the candle into the poppy seeds very slow, rolled and some of them will become embedded into the candle and some of them will stick to the oil. You then will burn this on their photo and you'll actually see that when the poppy seeds sort of pop and crack and when they fall off are instances in which their mind will be extra confused. Those will be moments in which things will become doubly hard for them. So like if they're, for example, for, for filling out an application, they'll mess things up on the application. You can see it as the candle burns. You can see the way that the wax melts. You can see that the way that the fire interacts with the poppy seeds, the effect that it is happening on that individual. You then take that, burn the, the paper to ash, take what's left of the wax, take what's left of the poppy seeds and the ashes, and bury it in their front yard to keep them confused. That's good. That's a real good one. Um, I love double-dressing candles. It's my favorite way to work. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Cousin Joshua said, is there an intersection here with confusion and intranquility, type of restlessness to push someone to take action while confused? Yes, and there is a difference between intranquil spirit and restless oil yeah. and formulas. Um, intranquil spirit is um, always uses a picture of sort of of God judging someone and calls upon in tranquil spirits. It comes out of folk Catholicism and is more of a northern Mexico, southern Texas kind of thing, in tranquil spirit. It has spread all over the country, of course, but that's where it came out of. Restless is a more uh, secular hoodoo spell from the east, um, you know, Virginia, Georgia, North Carolina, places like that. Tends to be that when a product or formula has a secular name, like restless, it tends to be more often coming out of the Protestant hoodoo of the South and Southeast, and when it has a a word in it that, you know, that seems to imply something about deity or uh, folklore of another area, it'll be more of a Catholic thing. They are very similar in Tranquil Spirit and Restless. If you um, want to work with an intranquil spirit, I recommend you don't because I have found it tends to parasitize the people who try to use it. Um, I would work with um, restless oil. It's a good old-fashioned formula, and it is for people being unable to settle down. So a restless person, um, you know, they, they, they get a job and then they quit after two months and then you know, they get married and they get divorced after a year and then they then they move to uh, Minnesota and then they move back to 
Mississippi, and then they, you know, then they buy a car, and then they don't like it, and try to turn it back into the dealer. That's restless, and you can make a person fritter away years of their life just regretting their own decisions. So I'm going to say one more thing about this in terms of tarot cards. I like to make uh, candles with tarot blown up as the labels. And there are two cards that exemplify confusion. One is the Page of Swords, the person who runs out into the field and then wonders if they've done the right thing. The, um, the birds flying forward and backward, the clouds coming around and back again. This person is has no scabbard to put up their sword. They're just waving their sword and they're looking back over their shoulder like, am I doing the right thing? That's confusion. And there's also the knight of swords, a guy who is spurring his horse, waving his sword around, his uh, visor thrown back, not protecting himself. He is um, confused, and he's actually even more damaging than the page of swords. Either one of those makes a really good label for a candle, and... Um, you can, of course, paste or Photoshop in the face of the person you're working on and uh, use a uh, confusion oil to uh, dress that candle with poppy seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, I'm going to share one of my favorite ones that I've shared on the podcast or on, on this uh, radio show before. But if you make a doll baby of somebody and you stuff it with poppy seeds, particularly uh, around its head, you can then bind the seat to your ceiling fan and turn your ceiling fan on. And so long as the fan is going, they shall remain in a state of confusion. This will bring on quite literal vertigo. Like they'll be quite dizzy and confused and they'll fumble around. Um, but it works well also sort of spiritually in which their actions will be confusion. They'll be unable to work against you because they'll be stuck in a cycle of constantly sort of spinning in a circle. You can just tie them to that ceiling fan. Turn that ceiling fan on, and every once in a while as you walk by that ceiling fan, you sort of curse it. If you don't have a ceiling fan, you can hang the doll baby like the hanged man tarot card upside down, and every once in a while as you walk past it, you take a stick, and like a pinata, you give it a good whack, and then you say your curse for their mind to be confused and their powers to be weak, and that they are you're unable to perform their basic duties. Depending on how severe you want it, it can be a full-blown curse in which you want to destroy their life and make everything unravel, or it can be directed specifically towards their mind that they're unable to work against you. This has worked really, really well in court cases for me. So when I'm messing, when I'm dealing with a really intense court case on behalf of a client, I will generally put the opposing lawyer, I will make a doll baby of them, hang it from the ceiling, but all that they try to do will fall apart. They'll run around in circles. And what this is, I've seen it where in the court case, they'll, they'll fumble their words. They won't be able to articulate clearly. Or they'll repeat themselves. Or they mess up their filings. We had one really interesting instance where they accidentally file things that shouldn't, and my client was able to use that to their uh, advantage. So this works really well in court cases. Yeah. This is I love this ceiling fan work that you do. You're you're kind of the pioneer of that and I I really think you you've come up with some great variations on this ceiling fan um type of work. Um and of course there's always the Hanford wigwag um mm-hmm. where you 
<laughs> or you hang them upside down at the Hanford wigwag. And, uh, yes, you can, of course, address them with confusion oil. It'll be very confusing. They just swing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Every time a train goes by, it's lovely. There are other wigwags, not just the one in Hanford, California, but that's my favorite from my childhood. All right. Well, thank you, Michael, for an incredible topic. We could have probably gone on for another half an hour, an hour on this. But I hope we've taught people an awful lot about confusion spells. And we're going to go now and do our reading for our client. So take it away, Clifford. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, the Directory of Ethical and Authentic Conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line, run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-884-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Edward, calling from area code 925. Edward, are you there? Yes, indeed, I am. All right. Uh, you wrote, my fiancé and I want to purchase a house two doors down from the street from our rental in a historic heritage district where the houses are required to maintain their vintage look. The house flipper owners have destroyed much of the aesthetic and architectural integrity of this 1913 gem, restoring the home and making it earthquake safe will be costly. The owners want to rent it out. We took a tour as prospective tenants. The heart of the house is gone, but we'd love to know our chances of success in purchasing this house and what spell work we can do to make the best sellers want to drop it for a bargain basement price. Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. Well, Edward, you came up with a topic dear to my heart. I ended up b- b- buying a 1895 cut and chopped house and have been spending uh, all the years since 1987 trying to figure out how to make it right. <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. There's a kind of a, a savior-like mission as well as, um, you know, just wanting a cheap house. I get that. Okay, and I get the savior-like mission. It's it's urban archaeology and restoration. It's easier to restore the outside of a house than the inside if it's been gutted, but it's very pleasing to restore the inside. So you have my support. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, I I wish you well. What is the era of the house? 1913. I see. It's an Edwardian house. How wonderful! Well, it's actually it's 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 a little um, more of a sort of a California um, early quasi mission bungalow. I I have yet to find the name of the architect. I I've only found mm. one other building they've ever built. Oh, I see. So it's a craftsman style or mission style? Somewhat, but a little bit different. It's it's rather unique. Sounds good. I can I ask what town it's in? I'm just such an architecture freak. Uh, Livermore, California. Oh, Livermore! Oh, that'll be a nice. Ah, uh, mm, that'll have some nice stuff in it. <laughs> Good mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good for you. All right. I'm gonna open my card deck and I'm gonna do three cards here. Oh, what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Pisces with a Virgo ascendant, Sun, Moon, uh, uh, Venus, and Mercury all in Pisces. 
Oh, oh delightful. Okay. And your fiancé? She is a uh, Cancer with a Capricorn Ascendant. Oh, my God. This is perfect for you guys. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only is it perfect, you guys are perfect for each other, right? You probably, if you know enough way. to know your own sign and all of that and the way you reel it out at me, that's a, a, an adorable, adorable combination. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world. You'll make a wonderful couple. All right. <laughs> and uh, you're the one who's worried about, you know, the money and all with that Virgo rising. Don't worry about it. Just go for it, man. Um, all right. So I'm going to run, run three cards. First card I have is the card called Temperance. This is a card that says, yeah, there's a little washout on the path, but this is a good path for you. There's the angel of healing. Uh, There's uh, the idea of two cups with water pouring between them. Um, Nothing is lost. Everything can be rebuilt. Uh, Everything can be restored, and you'll get on this path. It ends with a crown at the end. Don't lose your temper. Temperance means don't lose your temper, but... um, I would pray for angelic help because this has an angel on it. And I would um, particularly use the emblem of the iris flower or orris root or um, Queen Elizabeth root, as it is called. Um, if you ever do get this house, uh, put in some of that Bradford and Bradford wallpaper with irises on it. You'll love it. Um, the second, and I mean that, you can play this back and you go, what was she talking about? <laughs> Just trust me on that one. Um, The second card is a good card also. This is the um, Queen of Tentacles. This is the Ownership of Property card, and it's about money. I'm not sure that you're going to be able to get this at a bargain basement price because this is a woman who will pay what she thinks something is worth in order to possess it. She has roses all around her. She has um, little primroses, little bunny rabbits, uh, a garden with flowers and a vegetable uh, patch uh, plowed and planted and ready to harvest trees. It's really a nice card about property ownership, but it does not say, I have to get this at a bargain or I don't get it at all. It says, I get what's beautiful to me, and I put in the work to make it more and more beautiful. And as you explore this kind of work, which, like I said, I've been doing for years, you'll begin to find photos of the people, and you'll see what the house looked like, and um, it's become sort of an interesting archaeological uh, event. You can also go to other nearby houses and photograph them. I'm looking at this and saying you will need a big down payment. You will need to make um, payments on this. If you want this place, it will cost. That's the second card. And um, the third card I have here is a a card that is sort of a little surprising to me, I guess you could say. You know, you sort of think, well, we're going in this direction, and all of a sudden we we get a little turnabout. Um, This card is called The Lovers, and it's really about the two of you, and it also has an angel. So we have two trumps and a court card here, very nice cards. This has an angel who is watching over Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and here the angel is uh, under the sun. It's Uriel, who's the the archangel of light, and, um, and this would indicate that a marriage... Um, 
would be part of this house buying project. And I'm going to say this from a legal standpoint. Um, I think that being married when you buy land is a magical act rather than saying, hey, we're going to put both our names on the deed and then figure it all out later. So you refer to this person as your fiancé. This card says to me that the magical act of marriage may actually help you get what you want here. The lovers is the card. That is awesome. Yeah. So um, that's all I have to say here. I'm I'm going to um, turn this over um, to um, Miss Michael for a reading. Okay. While uh, Miss Cat was reading for you, I was also pulling cards and opening Bible, and my pyrite sphere uh, demanded my attention. And I will uh, describe the sphere first because um, I don't want to forget. I saw an angel with its wings kind of half outspread while uh, Miss Cat was talking about the angel Uriel in the lover's card. Now, cards I pulled were the Nine of Pentacles. I used the Golden Tarot deck by Cat Black, and and then in this card, the Nine of Pentacles it shows a lady in a black velvet dress. She has a money tree in her garden. It's trained to grow against the wall. Um, there's a falcon on her wrist, so she has time for and money for you know aristocratic hobbies like. Um, buying a house and, and making it wonderful. And, um, and you know, she's in her own garden. I call her the little queen of, of um, not spades, the little queen of pentacles. Uh, the page of pentacles is the next card, and this is a card uh, in this deck of study and analysis. He even has books open at his feet. He also is consulting an angel for guidance. And of course, he's got a great big coin in his hand, so... There's going to be a lot of, you're going to have to do a lot of thought and planning to get uh, all your pentacles in a row. The next card is the nine of swords. There's going to be some worry. Um, But, you know, keep your perspective. Don't catastrophize. Okay? The last card is death, but in this card, in this deck, the death card is sweeter than you might find elsewhere. Um, seek real satisfaction because life is short. Control your destiny. Live your life in a meaningful way. This is not something you want to regret on your deathbed. And finally, I have the Bible, Isaiah 54, verses uh, 3 and 4. Thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. Thy shall inherit the Gentiles, which in this context is, you're going to get that house. Um, and make the desolate cities to inhabit it, so the renovations is going to go well, too. Uh, thou shalt not be ashamed nor confounded. So, you're going to have some drama. Uh, you're going to have some time when you might have second thoughts, but don't give up. There's, you're this. I this is the complete opposite of a 
our card situation. I don't see any collapse. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. There, I think both of us saw here that there is a bit of difficulty, and we're going to try to get Contraman to come in on the idea of how to overcome that difficulty using spell work because um, the strengths here are the two of you as people. The difficulties here are a bit financial, and... Um, you know, there's going to be some work to be done. So let's turn this over to Conjurman and see what kind of spell work he's going to recommend. Yeah, I think you've gotten some very interesting and important readings here, and the insight that you take from them will determine whether you will be successful in gaining this property uh, or not. Uh, I, I will say, I will echo what Miss Cat said. I think this purchase is really fitting for the sign, the combination of signs that you and your fiance have, um, and also. Uh, it's very fitting that, that someone with your combination is very interested and drawn to this type of historical architecture and the interest around beauty. Uh, so what I want you to do is, if you can, get dirt from the corners of the property. So go late at night or at some point and get core dirt from it. If you can't get the four corners, then at the very least get dirt from the uh, front of the property. And as you do so, make sure that you place your foot firmly towards the direction of the house, stating clearly that as my footsteps lead into this house, so too will I move in. If you have gotten married before you've actually purchased the house, before you've actually moved in, then this is where I would recommend that you do some magic around it, because Ms. Kat indicated that, that marriage will play a particularly important bond between the two of you, and the marriage between the two of you will play an important role in helping to get the house. So what you can do is actually take your cake topper from your wedding, place it into a coffee can, cover it in honey, add one cinnamon stick and magnolia, and then bury it in the front yard of this property. So when you go to gather the dirt, you bury the can, gather the dirt, place your footstep very clearly, and then come back home with that dirt. If you can't bury it, if there's whatever type of security concerns or it doesn't have a big enough yard or it only has a backyard, then you can keep the can with all, uh, everything in there on the same altar that you will work this dirt with. So, But once you get that property, you should bury the can. So long as it remains there, this house will be an important blessing site for you all. When you come back home with the dirt that you have gathered, place it into a white bowl, add a pinch of sugar and some five-finger grass. Mix this together and then take a white candle that you have dressed with house blessing and attraction oil and then place it right in the center of the dirt. So you can just stick the candle right into the dirt. Light the candle and recite Isaiah 32:18. So that's Isaiah 32:18. May pe my people will live in peaceful dwelling places in secure homes and in undisturbed places of rest. And you will recite that at least three times, then pray from your heart. Burn that candle all the way down. This altar should also have four candles in the corner. So set aside some type of table that you're going to work on. And in the four corners, I want you to place candle holders that you've dressed with orange candles, that you've placed orange candles dressed with road opener oil, and you're going to burn road opener oil every Wednesday on that while you work the white candles on Mondays, Wednesdays, and
you're going to alternate. Whenever it's a Wednesday, you're going to light those orange candles. On the other days, you're going to burn that white candle down. If you can't bury the tin can, the coffee can, you'll keep it on this altar as well. Any application that comes your way in regards to this, you know, when you're doing the escrow, whatever you're applying, whether it's a loan, etc., print out, keep on this altar, and dress with road opener powders before you submit them. If you cannot, if it's all, if it's all electronic, like as most things are, then print out a copy of it. Keep the copy on this altar dressed with road opener powders. It, this altar is going to be sort of your anchor linking you to that house. So the more you build this altar, the more powerful it will become, the stronger it will draw this house you. I highly recommend that you put up pictures of the house. You may even Photoshop you and your partner into the photos. An even better idea would be during the day you and your fiancé go to this property and take a selfie together. Take a selfie as if you were the new buyers. Take a selfie standing in front of the house and then take that photo, frame it, place it upon the altar. The more you create a connection vis-a-vis this altar, the more it will manifest in the real world. Treat this altar as the sort of doorway. What you place here will help you walk through the doors of your new property. Use the combination of the road opener candles, the road opener powders, as well as the white calendar with the dirt in order to get you this property. Once you've finally gotten it, once you've been approved, then take the dirt that you have been burning these candles on, that you have mixed this sugar, that you have mixed the five-finger grass in, and you will return it back to the property. And so long that it, so long as that dirt gets mixed back, then the house itself will be a blessing onto you so that when you move and need to do any sort of renovation, any sort of changes that you need to make, they will all work in your favor because then you have now brought the blessings with you. You've bought the house and the blessings have been placed back there. I would recommend that you continue to keep the altar even after the house is now yours. You will then kind of change the altar to be house blessing rather than just pure attraction. You will keep on there all things that will bring good to you. You will put a bowl of Althea as well as a bowl of basil. Any type of renovation that you do, you will do blessing work around it, money drawing work around it on that altar. And so long as that altar remains in the house, the house will be a place of blessing and serenity for you. Let's see if Miss Kat and Miss Mike have anything further to add. There's a one thing I would add, and this because I collect cake toppers from weddings. Um, I would never put a cake topper in honey. I would never do it. I would put the cake topper where it could be seen. However, that's your choice. I I just I I have like 25 cake toppers sending every year that Nagashiva and I have been married in a cupboard. <laughs> so. I'm a cake topper collector, Um, but it's up to you, really, how you want to do that, of course. You could also just put a photo in honey or in sugar and save the cake topper for your eventual altar. Um, I'm a very strong believer that cake toppers carry huge magic in them and and should be um, treated with the same respect that one gives to statuary of saints. Well, we bury statuary of saints as well. So I I think burial for you, that means something very different for me. Uh, If you want to build the tradition of keeping cake choppers public, totally fine. You can easily rework this as placing the 
a can, uh, placing the photo in an apple and putting the apple in the car. Apple. In, However, in a, I will, that would be, I yeah, will tell exactly. you. Exactly. See, there's, there's I, I a million. Tell you, there's a million different ways you can work this, but I will tell you that I have done the cake topper in the canton and I've closed on four houses in four years. Oh, Just saying. Good. All right. Good for you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your flexibility, Conjuram, and for your expertise. All right. Now we're going <laughs> to... Nagashiba just wrote in the chat, Cake Topper City. Yes, we live in Cake Topper City. Um, all right. We're going <laughs> to uh, go to <laughs> our uh, next segment of reality, which I believe will be our scheduled network announcement, followed by our free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Miss Michael of hoodoofoundry.com in Willits, California. Take it away, Miss Michael. Oh? We have silence from Miss Michael. Oh no, maybe I'm sorry. Not. I'm sorry. This one's kind of complex and it's kind of angry. It was. Uh, it would be quite appropriate for the person that Stephen Colbert last week called the Count of Mostly Crisco. <laughs> One of his best nicknames. Anyway, you're going to need a black skull candle. This is to ruin ability to frame mischief by decree, by law. So, black skull candle, some slippery elm, a cheap knife or a large nail, you're going to be heating it. That's why you need a cheap knife. You don't want to risk damaging a nice knife blade. You want inflammatory confusion oil, black mustard seeds to disrupt thinking and action, red pepper, poppy seeds, and I can, you can't, incense powder. Hyssop tea, white mustard, and bay leaf. You start by preparing a tea of white mustard, hyssop, and bay leaf, and you want to set aside, have it ready for the last stage of the work. Now you start praying about the sins of your enemy and recite Psalm 9, which in the Revised Standard Bible includes the, na- the line, My enemy has vanished into everlasting ruins. So use your heated knife or nail to sink big holes and gashes all over the top of the spell. Make them deep, make them big. And cut a gash between the teeth and fill that with black mustard seeds, red pepper, and slippery elm. And then you make a paste of inflammatory confusion oil and black mustard seeds, red pepper, and I can, you can't, incense oil. And then you fill the holes with that. And you finish by cutting a spiral around the top of the skull, you know, like like, uh, 
like in the comics when you see uh, spirals in the eyes of somebody who's been hypnotized. That's mm-hmm. the kind of spiral you're going to put all over the top of the skull, and you're going to um, fill it with crushed poppy seeds, and if you want them to stick together, you can put a little more inflammatory confusion oil in there. And that's you, you fill the... the uh, spiral that you've cut with the crushed poppy seeds. So you set the candle in a fire-safe space and light the wick. And if the whole thing catches fire with all that inflammatory confusion oil in there, so much the better. And continue praying and cursing as you watch it burn. And then you're going to rinse your mouth with some hyssop and bay and mustard tea. And then you're going to pray Psalm 48 while you at least wash your hands and head with the rest of the tea, but better you should take a whole body bath. And that's it. Wow. I love this, Michael. I love um, Mm. cutting the spiral around the top of the skull and filling it with crushed poppy seeds. That is brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh Uh-huh. I know what you mean. Also, if you have the kind of skull candle that has eye sockets, you might want to put little spirals in the eye sockets too. Um, yeah. So that they make their eyes just whirl around. Wow, this is mm-hmm. really great. And um, this is the kind of thing you have to have a necessity to pray this, obviously, and do this work. But there are people who should come apart and come down. And yeah. one of the and one of these uh, spells will get them, you know. In fact, many of these spells are being worked. Similar spells are being worked yeah. even now, as we speak. So, um, yeah, wow. And and there are other there are other uh, targets who need working on besides Mister Schmuck Alorange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Stephen Colbert and his writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, find them out. I mean, because who's backing him up? Who decided he should be on the ballot? You know, we need to take them down too. Yes, yes. We need Although to make they, them all mentally twitchy. Right. Although, just again, going back to what I was saying earlier, he has a genetic predisposition toward dementia. Uh, mm-hmm. His father, his father got dementia. So we know it's in him somewhere. And so yeah. that's a, you know, always take advantage of this, whereas other people who may be evil may not have that predisposition toward confusion. Remember, we're talking about the guy who said that um, that wind turbines cause cancer. I mean, because <laughs> confused, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and so we know that there's um, that there's a room for movement there because we have a space kind of hewed out. Some people are more um, vulnerable to confusion spells than others, and that yeah. one that you yeah. mentioned is yeah. a good uh, has yeah. vulnerability. What do you have to say about this? Yeah, I think people's knowing people's vulnerability is particularly important. Another really strong sign of, of vulnerability are people who have difficulty sleeping. Uh, if you can disrupt sleep 
that's a really powerful way. So doing this type of working at night, adding some type of disruptive component to keep the person from having restful sleep. We know that this particular person, this this uh, uh, Mengo Mussolini, as some have called him, uh, <laughs> has difficulty sleeping. Uh, that this person has difficulty sleeping because they they used to tweet at all hours of the night. Uh, and they'd mm-hmm. be waking up. And so, like, affecting a person's sleep is a really strong way of really messing uh, with the, uh, with their mind or causing confusion because sleep is where the mind rests. And if the mind is unable to rest, that weakens and weakens. I mean, there, there's whole studies that talk about losing a few hours of sleep is like the equivalent of so many drinks and then driving. So there's a really strong evidence that working in someone's sleep, working this type of a skull candle late at night or when they're asleep really will affect that person. I'll also, I just want to give a real quick shout out to the late, great Dr. E, who was famed for his inflammatory confusion skull candles. Uh, and there's some really good photos of the work he's done around inflammatory confusion skull candles. Yeah, if you, if you don't know Dr. E and some of his work, he was a member of AIR, and he documented a lot of his work in photographs. Always worth looking up uh, the late great Dr. E's inflammatory confusion spells. Well, here's Mm -hmm. our music, and so this means we're coming to the end of another show. So I'm going to turn this over to Clifford, and he's going to give us our closing announcement, and um, then we're going to um, come back and say goodnight. All right. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjureman, and thank you, Ms. Michael of HoodooFoundry.com and Wills, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Papa New to PapaNew.com in Omaha uh, and, uh, on contemporary figural candles. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat via the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune again once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford, and thank you, Miss Michael. Thank you, Conjurman. I'm just going to make a couple of quick announcements here before we close out. Number one, we have set the date for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival for 2023. It's going to be a virtual festival. It is going to be June 10th and 11th. We've put out our first video already, and we will start putting out videos once a month until we switch to once weekly. So look for them in social media. And if you are not sure what the Hoodoo Heritage Festival is and you want to learn more about it, go over to hoodooheritagefestival.com. And when you're there, you'll see years linked, and you can link and see what was done on different previous years. We haven't set the schedule yet for June of 2023. We're still working on it. But um, you'll be able to get a feel for what the Hoodoo Heritage Festival is like. Also, we are working on making all of the past video components and Q&As that we can get available for individual purchase via Podia. Good night. Good night, all. Good night, all. Bye. Bye.